Hello and welcome to Tribal Council, a show in which two brothers who had never seen Survivor before start from the very beginning. I'm Patrick. And I'm Chris. And this week we're going to talk about season 13, episodes 11, 12, and 13, uh, leading up to the end of the season. Uh, before that, I have a few things unrelated to the season to talk about. Okay. Um, one is a Twitter account at Reality uh, Ahmad, um did a series of polls asking people to vote on who they liked best from seasons 41, 42, and 43. And he did an interesting way where he had people vote on like the 18th slot, the 17th slot, the 16th slot. And so they had to pick their favorite person from like between season 41, 42, and 43, who got voted out first and second and third, all the way down to who won. Oh, interesting. So based off of that, do you have any predictions? Like, who do you think, we're not going to go through all of them, but like, who do you think people voted as their favorite winner of the three seasons? Marianne. Yep. Easy. How about second? Um. Oh, fuck. Okay, that would have been Deshaun, Mike, and Cassidy. Uh, I think that if it were not right now, people would say Mike, but right now there's a big Cassidy, like fandom on Twitter recency bias. So I'm going to say Cassidy. That's correct. Um, yeah. So some others, cause I'm not just going to have you go through and like, guess uh, wait, all of them. For, first boo I want to guess is Zach Wurtenberg. No, he wasn't first. Wait, boo. Like, oh, because of Jackson. Yeah. Zach oh, was voted, fair. uh, the favorite 17th slot. Mariah from season 43 with the uh, rainbow colored hair was voted first boot. Yeah. Uh, other sense. people, uh, third spot was Owen. Fourth was Jesse. Then we get Ricard. Of course. Um, Omer, uh, Liana, Shan, Evie, Nasir, Tiffany. Um, That's a lot of season 41 love. Lydia, Ellie. Uh, and then I'm starting to forget some names. Um, who is, hold on. Who's the bottom left person here? JD. Okay. I thought that's what I was going to say, but I thought he lasted longer than that. Oh no, that's because he was like a main character and then was gone. Okay. So JD, Jenny, uh, Voce. Voce. And then Zach and Mariah. Okay. Uh, that's intriguing. I like that like system of doing things. Yeah. Um, then we also got a letter from home um, from Laura, previous guest on the podcast. Um, she says, regarding the message in a bottle, I agree that it would have been way cruel for the smaller tribe. Do you guys think there's any possibility that Jeff might have two bottles and cherry pick which bottle he gives out, depending on who wins the challenge? Especially after that one season where one tribe got decimated, I wonder if they would guard against such domination. So I tried to kind of do research on this, and I think it's a le- that would be illegal. There's lots of like pretty strict game show rules that like they can't do stuff like that. Really, that's surprising to me. Like, I don't, I do not think that Jeff would have done that, but I am surprised that it would be illegal. I'm not, I'm not for sure, but there's like lots of game show laws in place now to have like the games not be rigged in any way. And I think that would be counted as it being rigged in some way. Is uh 
this is maybe a dumb question, but since it films in Fiji, are they bound by the U.S. game show laws? I think they would be. Okay. They probably wouldn't want to risk that even if like they technically could fight it or something anyway, because since it is a U.S. show. Uh, I see that point, Laura. I do think that um, the season where everyone was decimated in Palau, uh, I think that they liked that and would have been fine with it happening again. Yeah, like and it also, like, it would have sucked for, like, an episode or two because it would have just been picking off the last couple people probably. But then it would have became interesting again because the large majority tribe would have had to start creating their alliances within themselves and, like, fighting each other. And so, like, it would have just been maybe not exciting for, like, just a couple episodes and then back to being exciting. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then barely any episodes because if they had lost that challenge, they already would have been down to two. So, right. Um, and then another thing I stumbled across, and maybe you've heard of this before, but so this might just be for the listeners. Um, I'm going to share my screen and just show this video. We're here on a chilly morning in Macomb, Illinois, the home of Survival Challenge, where our production team is building out some of those epic challenges you've come to know us for, getting some new twists and turns ready for our ninth season, which will kick off in exactly eight months from today. You want to be a part of what's happening out here? Think you got what it takes to be a contestant or maybe somebody you know? Follow us on social media. We're going to be talking a lot about the application process, which is going to launch on January 1st. It's going to be open for a month. Check out our YouTube channel, our Facebook page. All the information you could ever want is out there. Let's see what you got. We're ready for you. We need you to get ready for us. See you next July. Uh, That looks awesome for our listeners because I think that the video tells a lot more than the audio does that it is it looks to be like a competition that specifically just focuses on like challenges based on survivor challenges well and it has they do voting out there's it's like a shortened survivor so it's a five-day competition but there are still like um idols and advantages and stuff like that oh i didn't realize that that's um it the calling it survival challenge is obviously like to get around copyrights and stuff but makes it sound a little bit more like it is going to be about the survival aspect and less about the challenges. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see where I saw that, but there, there definitely are, um, like advantages and idols and stuff like that. So if this seems interesting to any of our listeners, it is being held this year in Macomb, Illinois, July 5th through 9th this summer. Applications are open right now through the end of the month. So January 31st is when they close. Um, you can find this information at survivalchallenge.net. Um, and yeah, so it does say, I don't know how they like choose the people or how many people they pick or how many applicants there are. There's no info on that. Um if you are chosen, you have to pay $350, which gets donated to uh to like survival challenge. Like it's helps them run basically. They're a nonprofit organization. Um, it says it distributes event proceeds to various charitable organizations. Whatever money they don't use to run, I guess they donate to charity. Um the application so there's process no prize for winning. It's just a, like it doesn't say so. My guess is no. Um the application is super small. It's just like name and address. Uh, it asks a couple questions like occupation, 
Have you played in any online or live reality games? If so, which ones and when? Patrick, you've done that. I have um, done that. What can we expect from you in Survival Challenge? Um, and then you have to submit a video. That's supposed to be, I think, like two minutes. Um, yeah. So if that interests any of our listeners, you don't have to pay the money to apply. You just apply. And then if you get chosen, then you can decide whether you want to do it or not. Um, but you got to get on it because applications are due very soon, end of the month. Uh, but the, yeah. yeah, in the video, they showed some of the challenges. Like, it looks like like survival style challenges. Like, there's cool stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, they show like, uh, Simotion, which was like the last one in season 42, where they had to like put balls down the chute and like keep them going and never let them drop. It shows the the last immunity challenge from season 43, where they had to like maneuver stuff through a little maze and then stack it on top of that, like on the spring. Um, yeah, I see someone doing like a fire making challenge on this website. This looks awesome. I, uh, do not have time to do that this summer, but maybe someday. Maybe. Uh, yeah. So listeners, if you're interested, that website again is survivalchallenge.net. Um, where again, that is survival, not survivor. Um, but they've got like a gallery of pictures and stuff from it. And there's a Facebook page that has, um, and a YouTube page, I think that has videos like talking about what should be in your like application video and stuff like that. So, um, check it out and it also has like a information about audience info so if you're interested but don't want to compete or don't want to have to pay to compete you it looks like you can just go watch so if you're free towards the beginning of july just go watch watch some challenges um yeah all right cool that's all i got before we dive into these episodes from uh season 13 yeah i uh man i'm gonna do some more research on that later that's cool um this chunk of episodes, uh, I mean, we, we'll talk about this more in a couple weeks, I guess. But this chunk of episodes boosted this season into my top spot. Oh, okay. I really loved I really loved this section and uh, I have loved this season so far. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very into it. Um, yeah. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk about these so we can see why this boosted your interest in the season um we start with jonathan he's happy to still be around um uh jonathan starts to get annoyed because he's like catching fish and doing work and other people around camp are not doing anything for the that railroad tribe um which he doesn't handle that well because he kind of starts like barking orders at people which doesn't go over well um then they show i2 camp which they don't give us a whole bunch of i2 camp yule's leg hurts and they let you do like lots of camera shots of just these like open like sores on people's legs they show this like every season man i do not want to be on the show it looks awful you know when they don't show those in the new era when it's only 26 days i mean they would still have them this was day 25 yeah but not as much um and then merge kind of out of nowhere no they didn't even show it in a preview it's just like all right you guys are merged now yeah it was uh a little bit surprising and honestly I know I just said I really love these episodes. I was a little bit disappointed by the merge only because I was really enjoying the like tribe of four taking down this tribe of eight bit by yeah. bit. And I was sad that it, like I too was still a little outnumbered going into the merge just barely. It's four to five, but still 
I don't know if we've ever seen a. Oh, I think Thailand had a nine merge. I think they merged at nine. They might have merged at eight, but I think they merged at nine. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, they have to decide which camp they're going to stay at. Um, Jonathan, who's been at both camps, suggests the Raro camp because they have more coconuts and no rats. And so they choose to stay at Raro. They have a merge feast on a big catamaran. Um, a little bit of talking over food. Um, I choose kind of looking for any weak points in Raro. They decide to name their new tribe Aitu Tonga, a combination of Raro Tonga and Aitu Taki. Is that what was Aitu Maki? Aitu Taki? Aitu Taki. Yeah, Aitu you're Taki. right. Okay. Um, yeah, we get a little bit of cross talk strategy. Nate's trying to talk to Ozzy about some strategy. Um, Which part- they had gotten close when Aitu had kidnapped Nate for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah. That is just is how they became friends. There's a little bit of Parvati and Adam doing some drunken cuddling, which I thought was going to amount to something, but it didn't. Um, Yule talks to Becky, trying to decide like what's bad if people know he has the idol. Um, and Yule talks to Jonathan, and they have this big hypothetical conversation of like, well, hypothetically, if I had the idol, what would we do? And hypothetically, if you did have the, it was just like it was kind of funny, just because they're. It was clear what they were saying. They were just kept throwing out hypotheticals about real things. Yeah, which Yol is basically like, here's the deal, Jonathan. You can come back to us and help like, be our fifth and be part of the majority. Or you can stay where you're at. You're all going to vote me out. I'm going to play my idol, and we will vote you out, and you'll leave. Right. So it's up to you. What do you want to do, basically? Um, um and really but, before he but, but all that, hypothetically <laughs> and before yule even throws that out jonathan like tosses out like he doesn't see he doesn't think somebody could get to the final four unless they ally with the person who has the idol and yule's like well hypothetically if that were to be me and so that works out well for yule's tribe the i2 tribe and jonathan for now yeah, it is so strange, and we will see this more in the next episode too. That like I am, I've gotten used to the new era where idols are supposed to be like as secretive as they can possibly be. But because this is like the super idol or whatever, where it's after the votes are read, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, no, it's just like a shield forever. Right. Um, we get a little bit the next day, day twenty-seven, which means. From here on out, we are beyond where modern day Survivor is because they end after 26 days. Um, Yule talks to Sundra, tells her he has the idol, and then he thinks he can use it to sway Jonathan. He tells Ozzy too. Ozzy kind of likes this plan, but he Ozzy had also been doing some talking with Nate to try to bring Nate over to their side, so he's a little worried about that. Um, Candace and Parvati are talking about who to get rid of. Candace is leaning Yule. Um, and Jonathan hears this and is worried because he's like, well, if Yule has the idol, then I'm going to be next to go. Um, and so that information is important because it's more reason why Jonathan should swap or chooses to swap to the I2 side. The wild part about that conversation is that Candace and Parvati and Adam are like, no, Yule doesn't have the idol. Yeah. But it's like, well, okay, it has to be either like Yule, Jonathan, Adam, or Candace. And Jonathan, Adam, and Candace are part of this conversation. Right. Don't know where the idol is. It's got to be at Yule. Like, they are convinced that it could not possibly be Yule. It's yeah. wild. Like, Jonathan, I think, realizes it at this point or knows at this point or is pretty confident that Yule has it. But 
the others are just like, yeah, there's no way Yule has it, which I don't, yeah, I don't, I didn't get that either. Um, so we head to the challenge where they have to hang onto a pole as long as possible, like a big, like telephone pole sized item. Um, what has some grooves in it, some ropes on it to try to like get their feet wedged in. Um, this looked awful. Uh, and I even mo- mo- noted down like, oh, Adam dropped pretty quickly. He still held on for nine minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's a fun conversation that happens where Yule is like given all sorts of science of like, well, you know, the your body mass increases more than your the surface area of your feet, and so like it's much easier to be smaller and stuff like that. Um, Which Parvati says, smart equals sexy. That's true. And, I was like, and Yule said, "It's why elephants can't run up trees." And Jeff was like, <laughs> "Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking." <laughs> uh, I was like, I wonder if this challenge happens less in the future because I feel like, like I think Yule is correct about this, and it is shown that like leaner, smaller people tended to do better on this challenge, uh, but. Jeff really cares about the challenges being fair. And so I wonder if they don't do this one as often. Yeah. I mean, they, I now they I definitely... just quickly looked real fast on the survivor wiki and I am incorrect. It, it happens uh, seven more times. Yeah. I think like I see Yule's point, but they also have so many challenges that are just like pure strength based. And so this is kind of like a very, a difference from that one, that type um, we see Jonathan drop out, Nate, Sundra, Yule, Parvati makes it to about an hour and a half. Becky drops at an hour and a half. It's raining really hard. And then finally at two hours and 15 minutes, Candace drops out. And so Ozzy wins. Ozzy could have lasted like way longer. I feel like he was, he like didn't move. He was just like still at the top, just chilling. Really what everybody's weak point was, is like once they started shifting and trying to like reset where they were then they would like almost always drop right away. Um, so Ozzy gets the new immunity necklace, which I liked. I thought it was a cool design. It looks like the hook from Moana, um, which was cool. Um, Nate is happy that Ozzy is safe because he thinks he can work with him. Um, uh, they talk, Raro talks that Yule is the plan. Yule shows Jonathan the idol now and asks for him to ally with them um, and offers him final two. Because John, he knows that Jonathan has enemies, and so he could beat Jonathan in the final. Um, him offering Jonathan final two here is kind of why I was surprised in a couple episodes when he ultimately decides to vote Jonathan out. Um, just because he's Yule has been so like I don't know, not backstabby or anything like that, and so I was kind of I surprised. I felt like him. he was. I thought he was like we could talk about a final two. Like I'm not. I don't know that he would have turned on Becky ultimately for a final two. I feel like he and Becky are too tight to say, to offer like an actual final two with Jonathan. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like he, if he wanted to play that way, he shouldn't have even brought up the idea of a final two. Cause I feel like if you're trying to say, Hey, like, let's talk about you allying with me. Maybe we can talk about a final two situation. That's talking about a final two situation. Like, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I also think that Jonathan just knows that this is the only way that he can move forward because... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, Yule has all of the cards. Yule is like, mm. do this or you're being voted out, essentially. Um, 
it, it does put Jonathan in a really rough position. Like I, I don't know why Yul approaches Jonathan about this and not anybody else. Because uh, I think he knows that Jonathan's at that tough spot because he was the mutineer. And Candace has a connection with Adam. Yeah, Candace's connection with Adam makes sense. He also explains in the next episode that he like feels like he can predict Jonathan because he tries to be very like logical and self-interested. Um, but uh, it just puts Jonathan in such a weird position. This is one of the reasons why I was like, this is so interesting strategy-wise because I think Jonathan makes the right move here and flips. But in doing so, he literally has betrayed every single person in the game. Oh, yeah. Jonathan is – there's, like, no way he can pull himself back from this unless he just gets lucky that the jury is, like, willing to see this backstabbing as, like, a positive thing. But I don't think this – anybody – I don't think that would happen. Um, yeah, so Jonathan agrees to ally with Yule and with I2 as long as they vote for Nate rather than Adam because he trusts him less. And we find out at Tribal Council how that works. Um, Nate gets voted out five to four, which we've seen happen to Alicia, Kelly, Dolly, and Nate. Um, it was kind of fun to see the look on all of Rero's faces when the votes came out because they knew that they were just screwed now because they were like, well, we thought we had the numbers and now I2's like destroyed us. Um, and Nate's exit inter- interview is mostly just him raging at Jonathan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we head into episode 12. You're a rat. Which, Sorry. I'm curious, I'm sure this will happen at the Alliance at some point, or sorry, not at the Alliance, at the reunion at some point, but like, even if Jonathan didn't flip, Nate would have been out here. Nate was out either way. Well, if Jonathan didn't flip, they would have voted for Jonathan instead of Nate. But if Jonathan had done something where he had said like, yeah, I'm with you, and then actually voted oh. for Yule, uh, which maybe actually would have been the best move for him, um. Because, like, it protects him without betraying people. Uh, it makes I, too, mad at him. But they were already mad at him for mutineering. And then it's 4-4, and Yule doesn't have an idol anymore. Yeah, that might have been the better move. And it would have maybe gained him favor with Raro. But I think Raro's just already decided they don't like him. And so I think it'd be tough to turn them around to... Yeah, that's probably true, like too. Um, we get a little bit of joy with i2 to start off episode 12 and raro has the opposite they're angry um mostly at jonathan here parvati tells jonathan i hope you're happy with second place because you've pissed everyone off she says it's vile and she feels sick to her stomach all i wanted to do was take jonathan's face and throw up all over it she said Uh i i watched this episode alone in my living room and laughed out loud probably like four or five different times. This is maybe the funniest episode of Survivor I've ever seen. And here, Jonathan tries to explain to them why this he did this because of Yule's idol. And they're like, nah, Yule doesn't have the idol. And they're still like, they're still not believing it. It's like, who has this idol? Which right. we see come up shortly. Um, where Jonathan gets angry the next day, finding out that Parvati has never even seen a fish gutted in her four weeks in the game, let alone doing it herself. and just shows how like little she's uh, contributed to like helping out with food around camp. Um, he says that she's like young and immature and that a million dollars would just ruin her life. Um, they're really setting this episode up as a Jonathan versus Parvati episode. I felt like, uh, huh. Yeah. Agreed. Um, we go to the reward, which is an auction. Um, I love a good survivor auction. 
Yeah, this was fun. There was the rules. I don't know if this was, I think, I think this was a rule change. Maybe not. They're allowed to borrow money, but they can't share any food. Maybe that's what they did last time. No, I think that is new. I think you're right. Um, first item is a mystery item. Jonathan takes it for $100, hot dogs, fries, and beer. Um, I, <laughs> this is just a side note unrelated to, it's not important, but I accidentally typed jot dog instead of hot dog, and it made me think of a denim hot dog. Like jorts. <laughs> Um, second item is a hot bubble bath and chocolate cake, um, which I noted like I would have just dropped like $500 for that. Like that seems awesome. Uh, Parvati gets it for 360 and then they make her weirdly just have to do it. The bath right then in front of everybody while the auction is still happening. Yeah. I, I was not at all interested in the bubble bath and slice of chocolate cake. Oh, that sounded just so nice, but knowing that it would have to be like done in front of everybody i would have maybe not as been as interested in it um the third item jeff explains will give you power in this game becky gets it for 640 dollars. she had to borrow money from yule um it I, like there's a real bidding war here candace mm-hmm. and adam are considering like adam giving candace the money and they end up not going over 640 which is so much money yeah, I assumed that like Yule and Becky were so dead set on this just because they finally got the numbers to work out and they were just worried to that whatever this is can mess that up. And so they wanted to keep their advantage while they have it. We find out that it is a note that says you must send one person to Exile Island immediately and you get their money. And she sends Candace for the fourth time to Exile Island. And I was like, God damn. Like, yeah, I, well, I'm not a big fan shows- of Candace, but damn, that's rough. She says Candace, and it shows Yule's face, and Yule is like, and I laughed out loud. It is so good. He was like, I understand, but oh, God, that hurts. (laughs) Especially because, like, the logic to keep sending, like, same people is then you can narrow down who has the idol. But she knows Yule has the idol. So, like, switch it up. Send somebody else. Well, but I think it is also... They're still punishing Candace for mutiny. Yeah, that's fair. But man, I felt so but, bad but for they're Candace. still punishing Candace for mutiny. Right. Like still, it's rough. Um, uh, there is a conversation as part of this of uh about the like, do you keep sending the same person so you know where the idol is? And Yule is like, well, I can just like end the suspense on that. Here it is. I have it right here and shows it to everybody. There's also a really funny moment where he's showing it to everybody and Parvati is interested in the bathtub. So he has to bring it over to the bathtub and she like holds it in the bathtub and it's like, seems authentic. I wanted to see her because he hands it to her to inspect. I wanted her to see like, just have her go like, well, it's mine now. Yeah, I was curious about that too. Uh, Jeff technically doesn't confirm it here, but then he does later at Tribal Council. So I don't know if that really matters because it later at tribal council. He's like, well, you know, Yule has it or something like that. Um, next up is a never ending ice cream machine. It is. You get to eat as much ice cream as you want, as long as they're still at the auction. Ozzy gets it for $420, which he says kind of in a funny way, because it's 420 and you can tell uh-huh. that Ozzy's quite familiar. Uh, Jeff says sold to dolphin boy. Um, I, absolutely this is what i would have dropped 500 dollars on oh uh, yeah i would have like immediately got an ice cream headache and been mad at myself i feel like um brain freeze uh fifth items a mystery item jonathan gets it for 240 dollars, which is pepperoni pizza 
at this, I noted like, man, people are being way too cautious with their money. Like this is not going to go that much longer. And so many people like haven't spent anything. Uh, sixth item is a mystery. It goes to Sundra. It's a sea cucumber from their beach. So that was a waste. And seventh item goes to Jonathan for $100. And it's mouthwash and toothbrush and toothpaste. And then the auction is over. And Jonathan really cleaned up. He did good in this auction. Yeah. Hot dog, fries, beer, an entire pepperoni pizza. And got to brush his teeth afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, he did so well that he like is talking about it. And people are getting pissed off that he's being obnoxious talking about how well he did. He kind of burps right in their face, like yeah. literally. Becky's like, ooh, I can smell the pepperoni. Um, and people are annoyed with him, and he can tell like something is up. The energy has shifted. We see Candace having a rough time on Exile Island. She thinks that she's next and she needs immunity. Um, day 30, they get tree mail that says the past affects the future and to remember key moments. And we found out in the challenge that they're gonna have a quiz on events over the past 30 days. Um, and then the answers to some trivia questions will give them numbers, which will result in them getting a key. Um, and yeah, these are these are kind of harder questions than I would have expected a little bit. Like they really had yeah. to know some stuff here. I was like, I've been essentially binging this season. Like I've seen all of this within less time than they filmed it. I expected to be able to know these and they were hard. Yeah. Um. And so they have a first round of this, and then Parvati, Adam, and Jonathan move into the final round, where there's a few more questions, and Adam wins this uh, pretty handedly. Uh, and so Adam has immunity. Um, Raro is kind of meets with I2, because they're still pretty split, even though they're merged with Raro and I2, and Jonathan has shifted to I2. Raro meets with I2 and just asks them to send Jonathan home because he's a rat and they don't like him. Um, they're trying to appeal to Yule's justice and integrity. Um, they remind Yule that they are all jury voters as well. And so if they he helps them out here, then maybe they'll help him out on the jury. They call Yule the Reen leader. Um, Yule basically says no for now. Jonathan walks up during this and Yule, he like doesn't try to hide it. He's just like, listen, Jonathan, you know that like we have to have this conversation. So like this is what's going on. Um, I really yeah. like Yule. He's awesome. Yeah, I like Yule a lot. Uh, I think that he is, I appreciate his candidness and his like, uh, strategic brain, but he is maybe not always the most tactful at handling the social situations. That's true. And I think it's an outdated game style. So I'd be interested to see like, if he comes back for other seasons, how he does, like, as strategy starts developing in the game and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I agree. And then, while Raro is, like, napping, Jonathan is talking to I2, and he's like, hey, do we need to feed them this fish that I caught, or that we caught? And Ozzy says, no, there's no such thing as a free lunch, because I2 does all the work catching the food, and Raro just comes up and shows up to eat it. Um, and so they're like, nope. And so they kind of move away and go eat it on their own. And Raro finds them and is upset by this. Candace approaches them about it. She says it's arrogant and rude. And Jonathan's like, yeah, well, you called me a disgusting rat. So, um, and I, uh, like, I agree with I two here. Like, it's a rough move if they've been sharing food this whole time to finally just be like, yeah, we're not going to share food anymore because we've got the numbers now. But like, if Rara also hasn't been helping out at all, 
that would also be super annoying. They maybe don't handle it the best. Like having Jonathan be the person to like react and talk about it is not the best idea. I I wish that I got to see more of what was going on because I don't know. Like I think the edit is that Raro doesn't help very much with food, and I don't know how actually true that is. Well, we saw last episode or no earlier this episode that Parvati just saw a fish gutted for the first time on day twenty eight. Yeah, but, she's not all of Raro, but that's like one person. But that's also just fish. Like, did she help with the coconuts, coconuts and yeah. the fire and the boiling the water and like other stuff around camp? Like, that's that's one part of it. But she my, could have been doing other things. Yeah, my guess is no, because like in all of Raro's like up being upset here, I don't. I feel like none of them are like. No, we do help with this stuff. They're just like, you're switching it all of a sudden because you have the numbers. None of them are like defending the fact that they are helping around camp, I feel like. But that uh, also could be I mean, edited that, out too. That might be true. But I I also am just like, they. I feel like that should be a communication thing of like, hey, if you guys want to be eating this lunch, like we need you to help with it. Oh, yeah, something. for sure. Like they, they do it secretly and... I think that that is rough. Like it, it, yeah. it, it is very uh, alienating, which like, you know, it's that's part of the game, I guess, maybe. But uh, for sure. Also been sending well. Candace to Exile Island four times. Yeah. So like I uh, maybe give her a break. Yeah. Well, <laughs> especially. Oh, well, what happens next episode? Um, Yule talks there's a scene with Yule talking strategy with Becky regarding whether like trying to keep the jury liking him versus disliking him and it was this struck this was just a weird scene to me because Yule is talking to Becky about this who's been his like number one ally since the beginning of this season and he's doing it in a way that's like it's a foregone conclusion that he is going to make it to the final he's going to be in the final travel council and it Becky has no part in that and it just seems like really weird like Becky should be worried about that or like yeah it's just like I don't know yeah that, I don't that rubbed I me the wrong way with Becky's him. plan like Becky seems content with second or third yeah or maybe she's just hoping that like you know we get no strategy from Becky other than like her and Yule talking so maybe she's hoping that the other tribe will pick off Yule at some point and then she can kind of slide into his spot or something I don't know but she knows that the idol is good until the final four vote. Right. So yeah. like it was weird. Like it just yeah, I've it makes no sense. Like that's a scene that in modern day Survivor that would have been like Becky realizing like, oh crap, I have nothing on my resume. I need to do something. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, we jumped ahead a little bit, but in this fight about the food, there's uh some really fun stuff where Candace specifically, um is fighting with Jonathan and says like, they all have told us that they don't like you either. Um, and like paraphrases a conversation that she and Yule had had. And Yule had said like, I'm siding with Jonathan because he's predictable. I understand him. I know that he's always going to do what like is best for him because he is self-interested. And she rewards that uh, to say that Yule thinks that Jonathan is selfish and self-centered and Yule is like 
correcting this as Candace is yelling at this. Uh, it is like such an awkward conversation and Eula's trying so hard to like, well, that's not what I said. No, like I, tr- he's like really playing both sides. It was funny Less too because strategically playing both sides and more in like a, I really need people to like me kind of way. I felt very connected to Yule in this like, I feel like my words are being used against me and I really don't want anyone to be mad at me. It was especially funny too, because it's not that like most of what she's saying was like 90% accurate. And Yule was just, it's just like the phrasing of it that Yule wanted to correct. He's like, well, <laughs> it wasn't exactly like that. And so it's yeah. like him, him trying to correct her, but like still like he doesn't like Jonathan. He just wanted to reword how it came out like how it was phrased that he doesn't really like Jonathan. And so, yeah, it was part, it was good. It was Um, brutal. Also like Jonathan, I'm not a Jonathan fan. I know I've talked previously about whether or not I'm a Jonathan fan and I couldn't decide. I am not a Jonathan fan decidedly. Uh, But this episode is brutal for him. I felt very bad for him. Everyone is like openly talking about how they don't like him and it is rough. Now he also handles things poorly and is unlikable. But it still is rough that people are so mean to him to his face all the time. Yeah, which we see at Tribal Council in this episode. Most of Tribal Council is just shit-talking Jonathan like to his face right there. Um, Yule trying to keep the peace a little bit, but mostly just like people talking shit about Jonathan. Um, which I was surprised by this vote result. They vote, and it comes out that Candace has gone 5-3. to three. I thought enough Jonathan shit had happened this episode that... Yule was finally going to like agree to like flip and vote him out. Uh, but he didn't. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Adam and Candace and Parvati were basically like, look, we know that you're going to pick us off next. We just want to beat Jonathan. Yeah. Just let us beat Jonathan and then pick us off. We know that we're not going to win. It's fine. Just I would want to beat Jonathan. Yeah. And I think Yule just wants a little bit more security in the numbers. By getting rid of one other person not on the i2 alliance before doing that um but candace yeah. gets voted out five to three which we've seen happen to jed ken john mia brooks uh cecilia this season candace this season and then liana andrea from modern survivor um and we head to the final episode we're going to talk about this week which is arranging a hit um jonathan's happy to still be around knows that it was ugly um he says that everybody has to lie and strategize he's not the only one um day 31 parvati hits her finger with a machete pretty good chop there um they talk about how they can see where the finger is actually split and i was like oh shit uh the doctors i thought that she might get evac'd out of this (laughs) the doctor says good news you're not gonna have to trim your thumbnail for a while um (laughs) she gets some stitches here but she's fine to stay Um, And we head to the reward challenge where they have to use a small bucket to fill up a large bucket with water and raise a flag. And when they were showing the footage describing this, I was like, they're weirdly showing like not how the water is getting into the bucket. And I was like, "Ah, I'll just see it in the challenge, I guess. And then they reveal some loved ones coming out um, and that they're going to participate in the challenge, too. Um, and so we see, uh, Jonathan's wife, Stacy, Parvati's dad, Mike, Adam's dad, George, Becky's sister, Sarah, Yule's brother, Paul, Ozzy's mom, Gina, Sundra's mom, Jeanette, and all the survivors are blindfolded and have to toss water from a bucket into the bucket of their loved one for them to catch and then pour into a bucket to like weigh it down and raise a flag. It was pretty chaotic. Um, I thought this was, 
we've talked about this like specific challenge before they've done a similar thing uh i thought this was a very fun one to have the loved ones participate in. i thought so too I, you know so i was thinking about this because you can tell some people are better at throwing the water than others some of it it's just like water goes everywhere do you there's got to be ways to do it better like do you think if you gave like the bucket you're throwing from like a swirl and then like threw it out that the water would help like somehow surface tension would help it like stick together better like cause a little vortex oh boy i have no idea uh i do not know enough about fluid dynamics to answer that question i think that that would be the fact that they are blindfolded in this one makes it harder because they can't really test stuff like that very easily yeah that's true um, and there was the loved ones were doing a good job. I like shouted at them to do this before it started happening. And then they did of raining out their clothing um, into the bucket because they were getting soaked. And I was like, oh, you got so much water in there. Like, use that, use that. And then they started doing it, which was good. Um, Parvati pulled out the win here. Um, she got to send somebody to exile. So she sends Jonathan. And then Parvati's dad gets to pick two others to go on the reward, which is a picnic in a sacred cave. Um, and her dad chooses Sundra's mom and Adam's dad, which this was uh, a fun twist is close to, which is probably like not far off from what Parvati would have picked if she got to pick, like she would have picked Adam for sure. And then it would have been like picking somebody from I2 and it quite possibly would have been Sundra unless she was doing like strategy wise and wanted to like pick Yule to try to like sway him to ally with her maybe or Ozzy or something. I think that she would have picked Ozzy. Yeah, you're probably. I think right. that she feels like she could sway Ozzy more than anyone else. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, back at camp, we see some of the loved ones helping out with chores before they go on their reward trip to Mitiaro Island, where they get to do this like ceremonial dance and anointing of water in a cave, and then they jump in and swim around. Um, Sundra comments that Adam and Parvati are a lot more chill without Jonathan around. Um. And we get some more time back at camp on day 32. Um, Ozzy doesn't want to keep feeding Adam and Parvati because it powers them to win in challenges because, like, Parvati just won a challenge. Um, and Yule's like, we could just hide food for a couple days. And so they hide coconuts by just chucking them into the woods. And then this is the part It felt that, like, very much like uh, Sandra in uh, Pearl Islands mm -hmm. when she thinks she's going to get voted out. So she, like, dumps all the fish yeah this i like you know you'll have to feel so bad here because they do all of this and then the reward folks come back and adam's like guess what we brought and he opens a big bag of food for them and they're all like oh shit we just hid all the food from you and then you come back and share food with us damn it yeah uh-huh especially because it is poverty and adam doing this when like a day or two before they had said like no you don't get to eat our lunch mm -hmm. uh this was a great move on Parvati at Adam's part and was rough to watch. Yeah. If you know that like Yule is like very principled and is trying to play with integrity. And then he like makes this rough move and immediately regrets it. It's mm -hmm. difficult. Um, we head to the immunity challenge where they have to race over obstacles in water, get bundles of sticks, use them to create a long pole to retrieve two rings. Um, this challenge involves a good amount of stuff in the water. And because of that, Ozzy and Yule like dominate this challenge. Ozzy more than Yule, but they both do really well. They're great swimmers. Um, and Ozzy wins this challenge pretty handedly. Uh, there was one shot of Sundra taking a really hard fall. Like she took a rough yeah, one. The, they are not good at balancing in this season. Like Ozzy 
We've talked about Ozzy being an amazing swimmer. He's also really good at balance. And that has helped him in so many ways. Mm -hmm. He had, we talked last week, I think, about how he started this trend with the swimming challenges of he'll, how they often have to swim with something and he'll like throw it ahead and then swim after it. In this, he did it twice where it was the smooth thing of him like jumping off to dive while flinging the thing at the same time and just like it was all in one fluid motion. It looked so sick. I'm so happy you mentioned that because I, yes, it was incredible and he did it every time and it was amazing. I also thought the first round of it that he was choosing to swim rather than run on a platform a little bit more. And I was like, does he just know he can swim faster than he can run on this? But then he did it the second time too. And like Yule did it also. So I think it was just, I was confused by like perspective of where the platforms were. But yeah, it was Ozzy just, he is Dolphin Boy. He looks good. Or Dolphin Man. Does Jeff call him Dolphin Boy or Dolphin Man? I think it says Dolphin Boy. Dolphin Boy. Okay. Um. Yeah, so then back around camp is kind of awkward. Um, Jonathan asks Becky how her sister is, and they edit it to make it seem like she just completely ignores him and keeps walking, but I don't really feel like Becky would do that, so I, th I don't know if it was just edited weird, but maybe she did just ignore him. I don't know. Jonathan's very worried. He can tell people are like acting weird around him. Um, he approaches Sundra and Becky to ask if they're cool and who they're voting, um, asking if it's Adam, and they're like, that was the plan. Um, and he's clearly paranoid. Yule and Adam are talking. Adam commends Yule's strategy and tries to convince him that he doesn't need Jonathan as the fifth spot. Um, Yule says he feels like the Godfather arranging a hit. That's the name of the episode. Um, this has me convinced that Yule wins this season because it is like there have been he had clearly had some winners at it many, many times. It is like Yule is the mastermind, is the puppet master, is the godfather, like Yule is the strategic mastermind here, and this is the one directing all the shots. I can't imagine voting for anyone else except, like, Ozzy, maybe, because of the challenges. Or if Parvati and Adam can make it to the end, then maybe them. Uh, just for the sake of them making it to the end. But, like, this is Yule season. Um, We get a conversation with Jonathan and Yule. Jonathan tells Yule not to be dumb. Um, that he saved his hide um, to make amends for his mutiny. Um, uh, Yule tells Ozzy that he doesn't want to see Jonathan or Adam at the final five, um, which just surprised me because in my notes right before this, I was like, I can't see Yule turning on Jonathan based off of like Jonathan helping them get over like the lopsided numbers. But then we go to tribal council and we see that's exactly what he does. Jonathan gets voted out six to one, which we've seen happen 24 or it's happened 24 times. We've seen it happen to... Three people this season, so I'm not going to read off the names again, but it's happened this season alone to Jessica, Rebecca, and Jonathan. Wow. Um, yeah, and that ends our batch of episodes here. They give us a preview for next week, which uh, shows that Parvati and, Parvati and Adam develop a plan, potentially with Ozzy, and then Yule and Becky are scared of Ozzy and consider turning on him. Um, yeah. Last week, we made some predictions on who would get eliminated. Patrick predicted Adam, and I predicted Nate, and I was correct. Nate did get eliminated. Um, we're down to six on the show right now. Parvati, Adam, Sundra, Becky, Yule, and Ozzy. We still have at least one person from every original tribe. Um, Caucas oh, that's fun. Two from Caucasian that. tribe and two from the Asian American tribe, and then one from the Latino and one from the African-American. So no race has been annihilated yet. 
that's a weird way to say that but yeah well it's a weird season for them to organize this way that's true um yeah so we have next week will be episode 14 which we'll get it down to five people and then the finale and then the reunion um patrick told me off recording that he's already watched the next episode so uh that might mess with our predictions a little bit i guess um nope it won't i'm gonna act like that never happened um so we should down to six we should just try to predict how it's gonna play out <clears throat> oh well if we're gonna do that then maybe i can't totally ignore that uh but i'll do my best did the preview for the finale reveal whether it's gonna be a final two or final three so it said one final twist will shake up this game uh which makes me think that it is going to be like the first final three because we've never seen a final three before in one through 12 yeah or there's some other final twist but i don't know what they would do yeah yeah me either um okay we'll see but you already know so i'll do my prediction first yeah well but you kind of already know things too yeah i think that maybe we just don't do the predictions because i like i know who the winner is you know who's going to get eliminated next like we know too much or you could reveal who gets eliminated next and you do the prediction and then i just won't weigh in well, I will I will say that I expect that the final four will be the I two four. That okay. Harvey and Adam are the next two eliminated. And I will say that as far as I know, that is accurate. Okay. Uh one of them is sixth. Uh and then I would guess that Sundra is fourth, and then it, they do a final three twist, and it's Yule, Ozzy, and Becky with like you'll winning but maybe a couple votes for ozzy that's my prediction okay interesting um no wait i think this doesn't affect the standings but i think it's still gonna be a final two because if it's a final three and yule's idol lasts and through the final four vote that's fucked up like yule's idol gets him a spot in the final that's a lot so So i think it might still be a final two but i think that becky would be out so that's Maybe. the same thing of what you said. Yes, but but a final two instead of a final three. I don't know what the uh, twist is then, though. Yeah. Sorry, I just realized that the idol lasts longer than I thought it was. And that would be a wild thing for them to do. Um. Yeah, but it also, when they introduce new elements, they don't always do it so cleanly. And so maybe it is that they it guarantees them a spot in the finale. And then they're like, next season, they're like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay. So before we wrap up, uh, another thing that I really don't have, we don't have much information to talk about, but I assume you saw this, Patrick, there was tons of survivor drama on the internet this past week. Oh, I just saw, so I don't have Twitter anymore, so I didn't see a lot of this. I saw briefly that Sandra and Parvati were fighting. Yeah. And it was like all the survivor celebs just like coming out to like choose sides. Are you team Parvati? Are you team sandra oh i didn't know that uh and so lots of people just like choosing sides i think truthfully i think parvati had the bigger crowd of people behind her um but i don't know like we we've seen each of them for basically a season um but they both come back for more seasons and so we don't have like the full info here um yeah so just if you are a listener who's big on the survivor like internets and you were wondering like if we had heard about that we saw it a little bit but we just it deals with so much stuff that we haven't seen so we can't really talk to it too much yeah Um, i saw that it started with like a fight about 
heroes versus villains. And I was like, I'm going to ignore this because I don't, I haven't seen heroes versus villains yet. Currently, I would be Team Sandra, but I haven't seen more seasons with them in it to really decide. Based off of what I have seen in Survivor, I would be Team Sandra. Yeah. I have seen other things Sandra has posted in, like, on Twitter and stuff. And she seems a little cocky. Yeah, agreed. And so I wouldn't be surprised if I actually ended up being Team Harmony. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, so next week we're going to talk about episodes 14, 15, and 16 to wrap up this season. And then we're going to move through and do season 14 in a similar way. Um, so in a couple weeks, we'll be going through um, the first couple episodes of season 14. Um, Which is and Fiji, then... I believe. The first time they go to Fiji. Ah, fun. Um, the IMDb description for that, we should probably just wait and talk about this next week, but I'll say it because I started to anyways. And sometimes the IMDb descriptions for the episodes are just wrong. They just like copy and paste from other seasons. But this one says, one castaway divides the group of 19 into two tribes. One tribe gets a well-stocked camp while the other gets the basics. In the end, the first survivor is voted off the island. So a group of 19, or maybe it's 20 and one person gets to decide how the other 19 gets split up. I don't know. Yeah, that would make sense. Or it's like, if you don't get picked, you're out, which happened in season... 10 Palau, yeah, that, i think that was yeah that was annoying uh and then it's a it's like a rags versus riches situation it sounds like of a well stocked camp versus just a bare bones camp which, which seems I've like a heard bad idea this twist before but yeah seems like a bad idea it seems like well obviously one is going to do better right because so much of the show is about survival and if you have better stuff you're going to survive better um yeah so patrick you got anything to plug this week uh yes Two things, actually. I'm double dipping. Uh, one is um, chocolate chip cookies. I've been making a lot of chocolate chip cookies lately. They're so good. Do uh, you prefer like uh, soft and chewy or like crumbly and dry? Ooh, not crumbly, no. I want Some like people a, like dry cookies. I don't get it. I want a crispy outside and a chewy middle. Mm-hmm. Um. I've been using and tweaking and experimenting a little bit with the the classic like Nestle Toll House on the back of the chocolate chip bag recipe. Uh, my current go-to is to add a little bit of cinnamon. Um, ah, secret ingredient. Cinnamon. Yeah. Uh, not so secret. I'm literally saying it on a podcast. But, uh, but the other thing I'm going to plug is... Uh, the show The Traders on Peacock. Have you heard about this? Uh, I've seen just people posting about it, but I don't know so much about it. The Traders is uh, it's a reality competition show, um, and it is twenty people. Ten of them are reality TV stars, uh, and ten of them are random normal people. Um, so it includes like Sari Fields, who we saw in Panama. And Stephanie LaGrasa, who we saw in Palau and Guatemala. Um, and then some, like, Big Brother people, Real Housewives people, like, all sorts of different people. Um, but it essentially is a game of mafia or werewolf. There are three people who are the traitors, and everyone else are what they call the the faithful. Um, Wait, you said it's 20 people? Yes. But t- 10 are... 10 are normies, and 10 are 
reality. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so it's like three traders or mafia or werewolves or however you want to call it, but they call them traders. And those what those three get to meet in the night while everyone else is in bed. Do you know who someone. they are? We do know who they are. Yes. So we get to see this conversation uh, and get to choose someone to kill in the night and they get an envelope in their room that says that they're eliminated from the game and everybody else gets to decide who they think someone is and get and eliminate them just like in werewolf or mafia. What's interesting about it is also each round they do some sort of team challenge and similar to like the mole uh, they like are building up a pot by the challenge uh, by like winning these challenges. And so in doing that, they want they want to eliminate people that are bad at the challenges as well as people that they think are traitors. And the game, once the game ends, so either the traitors have eliminated enough people or all the traitors are eliminated, just everyone left splits that pot. And so if you're a faithful, you want to knock out the traitors, but you don't want to do it too fast. Oh, okay. Like you, you want to eliminate other people also and last longer in the game so that the pot is bigger and you get more of it. If they eliminate a traitor, do they get to find out if they were correct? Uh, so the other thing about this is that I am one episode in. Oh, okay. Because so they did, they just dropped yet. all the episodes at once, right? Yeah, they did. Uh, it is you have to pay for it. You can watch the first episode free on Peacock, but other than that, you have to have a subscription to Peacock. Um, and I have watched the free episode, and I've not watched the others yet because my friend and I are working out a way of account sharing. Gotcha. I, which I maybe shouldn't have said out loud, but you know, everyone does it. Well, it's your um, friend that lives with you in your house. So it's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so still working that out. So I can't watch the rest, but I'm probably going to talk about it next time when I'm done with it. So I wanted to throw it out there now. Cool. Uh, I'll plug um, a podcast that I have known about for a while, but just started listening to, which is the worst idea of all time podcast. Ooh. Um, I never really listened to it before, but if you're unfamiliar with it, it is, um, oh, I forget the guy's names, Guy Montgomery and Tim, and, uh, Tim Bat, Tim Bat. Yeah. Um, so they have done like four or five seasons where their first season was, they watched the movie Grown Ups two every week for a year and then recorded an episode about it. And they never seen the first Grown Ups. And I think they've viewed Grown Ups 2 as being a not very good movie. And so the worst study of all time is to just watch a bad movie every week for a year and just kind of go uh, slowly crazy throughout the year. And then season two, they did the same thing, but with the Sex in the City 2, the movie, I believe. Same thing. Yeah, I hadn't really right. seen the first one. Um, and then they did like a movie that actually wasn't that bad, I think, for the third season. I can't remember. We if Are Your a... Friends, I think. It was like a Zac Efron DJ movie. Yeah. Um, the reason I got interested in it is because they just started like a month ago, their most recent season, which is based around fast and furious because fast X fast 10 is coming out later this year. And so what they're doing is watching all nine movies in reverse order, the number of times of the number of the movie. So they're currently on fa fast nine and they're going to watch it nine times. And then they're going to watch Fate of the Furious eight times and then Furious seven, seven times and so on down to the very first movie. They have not really seen these movies before. And 
if you're not that familiar with Fast and Furious franchise, there's quite a lot of lore actually in this movies and like <laughs> lots of characters, lots of people, like so many storylines. And so just diving into Fast 9, there's a lot of shit going down and they're like, it's just, I think I've listened to the first four um, so they've, they've watched it four times and they're just like, there's like Vin Diesel has a baby in it. That's named little Brian. And they're like every episode, they're trying to figure out like, who's the mom of this baby. Is it, is the baby like actually like Paul Walker's baby is Paul Walker still alive? Like what's going on there. And so it's just funny to hear them like not knowing the actual history of it and like what's going on. Do you know the history of it? Oh yeah. I love that franchise. I know it all. The baby okay, is Vin I... Diesel's and another woman who has since died. Um, and so he's with Michelle Rodriguez, who they're like together, but don't have that much chemistry, but it's not her son. And the son is named little, it's named Brian after Paul Walker's character, who isn't dead in the film series, but Paul Walker is dead in real life, but his character is alive. He's just always off camera. <laughs> wait, wait. It, he's like around, like involved, but off camera fast. Or did he like move away and it's gone forever? But mostly that, but like fast, like his fast nine has his wife, Mia, come help them out and then at the end they're like they often have like a final like dinner scene where they're just like having a cookout and they're like guess who's here and a car's pulling up and you're supposed to know it's paul walker's character brian but he's like paul walker's dead so they can't actually have him but his car's pulling up for the dinner <laughs> that's fuck wild <laughs> oh the franchise is amazing i love it I um, think I've seen like Tokyo Drift once, and that is all. I should watch some oh, Fast and the Furious. You should. They're so good, but there's a lot of lore there, so I would urge you to go in order, not what they're doing, because <laughs> um, there's also like weird time continuity. So Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which you've seen, introduces the character Han, who is a fan favorite. But the problem is in that movie, Han dies in an explosion, and the makers of the movie were like, "Shit, people really liked Han, and we killed him off already." So guess what? Fast and Furious 4, 5, 6, and 7, I believe, take place before Tokyo Drift, actually, so that way Han could still be alive and be in those movies. And then <laughs> Han's actually dead. And then in Fast 9, guess what? He didn't actually die. They brought him back. It was faked. He didn't actually die in that car explosion. He's alive. But then, well, no, he's not dead now. But So you never know. People die. They might be back. That's wild. Uh if you are like Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery, that sounds familiar. Also, this concept sounds familiar. It's because they also do a podcast called Till Death Do Us Blart with the McElroy brothers, where every year on American Thanksgiving, they rewatch uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, um, which also has a surprising amount of lore, and none of them have ever actually watched the first Paul Blart. Um, so that's also great if you're interested in that Uh my if you're so this and me recommending this is also recommending the fast and furious franchise i recommend it it's out there lots of them are on hbo but not all of them um if you're looking if you're not that interested in watching order and you just want to watch the best ones my ranking order would probably be five seven four one six uh two three eight nine maybe like the last top couple very fun but not the best Five is by far the best one, though. They go to space. Okay. And, and you ranked Fast that Nine. so quickly and so easily. I had no idea that you were really into Fast and the Furious. Oh, they're great. They're a blast. And there's also the offshoot one of Hobbs and Shaw. That's also fun. People like to think it's trash, but I think it's very fun. <laughs> People like to think it's trash. Uh, I cannot believe I didn't know this about you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
listeners, if you want to give us your ranking of the Fast and Furious franchise or um, nope, just that it just we only want to hear from you if you're going to give us your ranking of the Fast and Furious franchise. Email us at travelcouncilpodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at travelcouncil20. Again, if you're interested in that um, uh, real life survivor challenge thing, that was survivalchallenge.net and has information there for how to apply. And for this week of Tribal Council, this is Chris signing off. This is Patrick. And the tribe has spoken. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs>